We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Tomorrow is the NBA draft, and we already have a lot of action going down today. It's going to be a bit, well, the next like three weeks are going to be crazy busy, but we've already got exciting stuff happening to dig into. We've got maybe a three-team trade that's about to go down. We've got uh, a trade that actually did happen involving draft picks. We've got news on big-time players potentially on the move, all kinds of stuff to get into. Keith, got to love this time of year, uh, unless you are a fan of sleep. Yeah, sleep or trying to watch the new Marvel TV show, Secret Invasion, which I was, uh, I watched and think I got most of. It is just no spoilers, but I will say this it is not the kind of show, at least the first episode, that you could like sit down and then like scroll through Twitter and half mm. pay attention to. Like you had to actually pay attention, which is, I think anybody who knows like the whole scroll thing is right. They can take on any identity. So I like, there was a couple times I was like, wait, it, do I know that that's that person or do I know that's this person pre pretending to be that person? And yeah, it just gets super messy. So I'll, I'll rewatch that at some point and uh, I'll give a better review of it when I have a chance. So terrible time of year to release that then. Come on, yeah. Disney. Know what you're up against. Know what we're dealing with here with, with the NBA offseason. <laughs> And yeah, uh, do it at a time when people can pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not letting the NBA offseason guide their uh, program release dates. I mean, we're, we're you know full in that Venn diagram of NBA fans and uh, Marvel you know fans, but I, I don't know how many others are. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, but I, I'm sure. sure it's not enough for them to no. make. I, I agree. I agree. They're not worrying about the NBA NBA calendar, but they, they maybe should they should. Yeah, they got a taste of NBA yeah. basketball. They were there in the yeah. bubble. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, have, a taste um, of, you know, have, have you know some respect for us. So, Trevor, I get a haircut before before nice. we go live we go. tomorrow. So you're ready, yeah. you're ready for the live show tomorrow night. Yeah, um, yeah, be live during the draft, and uh, yep. it's going to be a lot of fun breaking down all yeah. the picks, all the rumors, all the news, all that sort of stuff. Definitely live through the first round. We'll, we'll then we'll kind of see you know, where it goes from there and uh, well, what it takes on. But but man, we got a lot of stuff. So let's get into lot. it because there's a Let, lot of things going on. Let's just get it here. I mean, this is. It's not done at this point, but it sure. sounds like that's it's heading that direction. Uh, the Celtics, the Clippers, and the Wizards in a three-team trade that would see Kristaps Porzingis go to the Celtics. Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart. Now I didn't is no Marcus no no Smart, not Marcus Smart. He no. was in one of them. Yeah, he's not in it. It's it's Marcus Morris. 
Who's Marcus Smart was in one of the tweets that went out initially, but then yeah, okay, it must so, have been a mistake because it's not Marcus Smart. It's Marcus Morris. So how do the salaries work then? Because Malcolm Brogdon yeah. goes out as goes out from the Celtics. They've got to have more yeah. salary going out than that. So here's what it looks like we're aligning towards. Okay. Uh, Porzing- Porzingis opts in to his to his contract um here. So what would happen 36. is $36 million. Um, one of the things I was told shortly before we started recording is one of the open questions is, is he opting in and being traded or is he going to opt in and then do an extended trade where he adds mm-hmm. uh, a couple years on to his salary? So, so we've got that part of it, right? That's your, your, your first part of it. He would go to Boston Celtics would be sending Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers. The other salary sounds like it's going to be Danilo Gallinari. Mm. Um, who gets added in on the Celtics side, that would get them there salary-wise. And then to the Clippers, or to, to the, that would be Brogdon to the Clippers. Gallinari would go to the Wizards. The Clippers would then send Marcus Morris. And then one other small salary they need to get there to make, make everything match up. And they've got guys like Jason Preston or Brandon Boston or some, mm-hmm. somebody like that that they can drop into the trade. Uh, could be Amir Coffee if they want to go slightly bigger salary. But those guys could – you'll be added to Morris and where they all end up with Washington or one of them gets routed to Boston, you know, in this, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, if that's the way it comes together, but the, the big parts of this. Oh, and then obviously the wizards would get draft compensation. Yeah. I was well. going to say, I'm assuming Here, both Boston and, and the Clippers will be sending draft capital to. Yeah, Washington. probably okay. very likely. Um, I think it sounds like it's going to be more coming up from the Clippers is uh-huh. what it sounds like, but we'll see, you know, what, what that, that comes down to too. So the, the ultimate is, uh, you know, you get, uh, Porzingis to Boston, Brogdon uh, to to the Clippers, and then further, you know, expiring salary relief to Mm -hmm. to Washington with draft picks. I mean, they are full scale. They're tearing it down. So all that stuff of, you know, Kyle Kuzma may still stay engaged with the Wizards. Yeah, I don't think so. Right. It seems like they're going completely the other way in tearing this whole thing down to the studs as much as they can. Right. Right. So that's so that is how this all winds up going and again right now it sounds like they're just kind of working out the details so by the time this show releases this could very well be be done and the exact minutes after are, right i mean that's that's <laughs> probably right, what's, how it goes that, <laughs> that's probably the way the way that's going to happen but yeah. um but so the wizards would just be full teardown mode do everything they can to just just move talent and try to get you know draft picks and things like i guess it could be the 30th pick right yeah and, and this year I, I could be the the first could be a first round of the get yeah which is weird because you know the big key here is that Porzingis opts in today. There, yeah. there, there's been some, I think, misunderstanding because of that people hear that as a deadline, so they think that means well, the trade has to happen today. He just has to opt in. That, that's right. all. If, if he opts out, this all goes. It, it, it's not, it can't happen because the Celtics wouldn't be able to acquire him in a sign and trade because they'd be up over the tax apron. It would get super duper messy yeah. with that. So as long as he opts in, which we haven't gotten an official word yet that that's going to be the way that that goes down. The most famous example that I think people should remember. Remember on that was Chris Paul did that a couple years mm-hmm. back where he opted and then then got traded. Um, I think that was the one to Houston, if I remember correctly. I'm on that one. So so that's that's you know could be where all this you know comes together. So we'll see. So that'll be probably the next thing will be. It's probably going to be a full bundle of stuff where it is Chris yeah. Porzingis has opted in as part of a trade to the Boston Celtics, and we go and you know we're getting it from multiple corners here that it's like. 
you know, they're be careful-ish, but strong possibility, high likelihood, right. and all this stuff. That tells me we're far enough down this road that it's just we got to figure out the other pieces and, and off we go. Yeah, it's laser focused on or whatever you want to use to describe it. Funny, uh, Mr. Thesaurus Woj man is is yeah. he's not been involved in breaking this this one this one down yet. Maybe he's maybe he's holding out. Maybe he's like deep in the thesaurus looking for the right you know uh, phrase to to throw in there. That's what it is. That's what it is. So since he's not going to apparently do it at the draft this year, but so let's talk on court. Um, yeah. Porzingis is coming off the best season of his career. He stayed mostly healthy and he was great last year. He was mm -hmm. really, really good. Um, you know, he was one of the uh, rare bright spots for a bad Washington defense. Um, he actually did you know, well with his rim protection. He was solid rebounding and best, you know, shooting he's had. Um, you know, a lot of the you know analytics guys, whenever something like this is coming down, they immediately go to tweeting out, you know, where did they rank and you know, this type of play type and all these. He ranked very, very high as a scorer throughout, you know, most of it. So he is um, you know, um uh, you know. I think a really good fit for, for the Celtics. I think he makes a ton of sense um, for Boston um, as just gives him another score. He's also a guy, he shoots from deep, right? He'll shoot from yeah. 28 to 30 feet and that helps open up driving lanes for the other guys and all those sorts of things there. So I, you know, of course, is he going to stay healthy, right? That's the question. Cause if, if you make the trade, and then he goes on to play 45 or 50 games that could yeah, get real so messy, great. you know, very yeah. quick, but it sounds like the Celtics but will keep, Enough of their front court depth now. Horford, Rob Williams in this, so they should be okay. To, but to Brogdon is a constant injury risk exactly. anyway. Yep. So you're you're really just swapping out one injury risk for another there. Yeah, that's it. You're trading. Yeah, you're trading small injury risk for big injury risk in this case. And that was one of the things when I talked a lot about Brogdon if the Celtics were going to make a deal, and I certainly didn't expect it to be a go get a thirty-six million dollar player deal. Right. Um. But when I had talked about that, I, that was part of the reason why. I mean, they got a healthy season out of Brogdon essentially until we got to the finals, right? And then he then he had that injury there. But it was in this situation. Can you trust that that's going to happen again? Because that was his first really healthy season since his rookie year. Every other year, he's missed a lot of time. So he'll fit right in with the Clippers, I mean, I guess, if you know he goes there with all sorts of guys who miss a whole bunch of time themselves. But, you know, we can be reasonable, let's say project reasonable health. Great fit for the Clippers, mm -hmm. right? I mean, fills an immediate need as a starting level point guard. You could still re-sign Russ to a minimum deal, and then you're really covered, right? You kind of covered with we've got our 48 minutes of point guard play, and we feel good about it. I would presume this takes them out of the running for Chris Paul because you, you know, I what do you need Chris Paul for, you know, if yeah. that right. And unless you decide you're not keeping Westbrook. Could be, but I mean, but you, you're you're trading some of your salary match to get Brogdon, and you're gonna trade all the rest of it to get Paul. Like yeah. that feels a little weird, right? Because you'd have to do that there too. So you know, but maybe Chris Paul was like, I don't really want to go there. I, I I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah, we we that's don't yeah speculation, but yeah, you know, we don't know. But I mean, that does open up the chance that if he does want to go back to L.A., better chance that the Lakers get him, right? Which you know, if he which, if he gets waived, yeah, yeah, if he gets waived, yeah. I, there's going to be a trade for Chris Paul for the Lakers. It just, it's too no. hard to get there. Yeah. And we, way, there's many ways to get there and a lot of ways that make sense for the Lakers, not many ways to get there in ways that make sense for the uh, Wizards. What on a trade? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the Lakers have already, yeah. The Lakers aren't going to trade for him. Yeah. yeah All right, we already know that from our side. There's nothing that makes sense from their side, yeah. because if you, 
if you were to replace, say, if you use Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley or something, and you put $25 million locked on your books on, on in money that you were previously going to see just go away, you're mm-hmm. not going to take those consequences to get Chris yeah. Paul on because then you're not going to be, you know, your mid-level exception's gone out the window. You're, exactly. you know, then it becomes harder to keep D'Lo and all that. You're not going to do yep. all that stuff for, yeah. for Chris Paul. Yeah, so, Chris Paul to the Lakers for part of an exception maybe or on a minimum hundred percent i'd be i'd be all in on that you know if i was the lakers you know i think that'd be great you know hey it's gone way too far with chris paul sucks stuff over the last you know month or so here like even before the beal stuff there was like it's just not any good anymore like yeah i mean what are we doing like you can still play it's you again you're probably only going to get 60 games out of them on the high end but as long as it's, you know, the 20 games or so he misses happen in the middle of the season, it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. It's, you know, is he healthy come playoff time? Then that's all you need. And and that, to me, wouldn't even preclude a, you know, if the number's reasonable, re-signing D'Angelo Russell or even re-signing, sure. you know, Dennis Schroeder, too. You know, and obviously Austin Reeves, you know, because he can play with, with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, nothing should change, you know if he becomes available and lands with the Lakers from the way you do it, unless you're looking and saying, well, we don't need to throw 20 plus million at the Angel Russell. Now we can get by other ways. Maybe, maybe they do go that direction. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see ultimately where this, where this lands for Chris Paul. If this does take the Clippers out of the running, that would push the Lakers back up. We've heard the Clippers are now in the driver's seat. The Clippers are the favorite, all that. This could change that obviously. <laughs> and this, that's the brilliancy of the, yeah, the, the NBA offseason is, I mean, there's so many twists and turns. You just never know what you're going to get hit with. You're always one Shams tweet away or Woj bomb <laughs> away from everything getting turned upside down. So um, it, it's one of the we things that saying in New England where don't like the weather, wait a minute, it'll change because yeah. it's kind of how it goes in New England. And that's, um, you know, that's kind of how I feel about, oh, you don't like the report that's out there. Wait a minute, it'll change yeah. with the NBA offseason. Um, there's also a you know, part of me that laughed and said, you will watch Chris Paul, the Wizards, like, find nothing that seems reasonable. And they're just like, no, we'll keep him and we'll let his contract guarantee and then we'll try to trade him later. And then watch, like, cranky Chris Paul, Marcus Morris, and, like, rehab Danilo Gallinari. All of a sudden, that team wins 41 games. And oh, it's like, God. What the hell happened that would be here? a nightmare like, for the Wizards. Couldn't you almost see it, though? Like, yeah. one, just with the Wizards of it all and with, like, the guys involved. Like, Chris Paul pulls out the one last great – you know, season of right. his career and you know it, it, you, it's just it's it's too funny because like there is a world where it's like holy crap that could actually happen <laughs> you you finally <laughs> after years and years and years of people saying you need to tank you need to tear this yeah. thing down you finally tear it down you get annihilated in your bradley beal trade and you think that you're all set and you can at least get some strong draft picks coming forward and then you wind up right back in the middle in the middle again that I, w- I would feel so bad for for Wizards right. fans if that's the way it went. It, it, and probably like do something like make just make the play in just enough to make your draft oh, pick bad or something like that. But yeah, I mean, we're not spending a lot of time on the Wizards because it's just, I mean, they're a mystery box, right? Who knows? Sure. You know, who knows who will stay, what they'll even be with this. The one thing I do want to say if Colin Ari's involved, I do feel really bad for him. 
because when he signed with the Celtics, he told a lot of stories in his introductory press conference about how like his dad was a huge Celtics fan. He was Mm -hmm. a huge Celtics fan as a kid. He always dreamed about someday playing for the Celtics and tears an ACL and goes, but I mean, this is the NBA, man. This is, you know, know, there's not a lot of room for sentimentality in the league. It's going to be, if that's it, but maybe they go a different direction, right? Maybe they throw in, you know, Cornette and Muscala instead and that gets them there. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. There's other options that they could go with, especially if the Wizards are like, we don't want Gallinari on our books at you know seven million dollars. Like that's not something we want to do. So, you know, we'll we'll find out here and you know, like we two three minutes after we stop. That's when it'll all be official. Through is finalized. All right, let's uh, let's stick with the Clippers and let's talk about a rumor that came out last night. And Mark Stein was talking about this. The Clippers have been kind of quietly trying to find out what they could get for Paul George, what a trade might look like with him. Um, Obviously, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard has not worked, um, not the way the Clippers thought that it would. A lot of that has not been because they just don't fit on the floor. It's been injuries have prevented them from going where they want to go. And now are they, this is, all right. So this to me is one of those things where right now the Clippers are kind of testing the water. They don't trade him this summer. Maybe it pops up again at the trade deadline. Maybe next summer it starts to get more serious. But just that they're starting to think along these lines. I think that's the takeaway here. You never know. I guess they could shock us and pull a big Paul George trade. But my sense is that it's more of a, hey, let's kind of start to get feelers out there on what this could look like. And then Mm -hmm. maybe trade deadline when things heat up again, then we'll hear more. Or something comes your way, they're like, "Whoa, we yeah, didn't expect we could get that right." Sure. And and you do that. One of the things that I I think Mark Stein mentioned it, and I I'm not going to pull it up right now to to try to find it, but I, I think he mentioned uh, Portland maybe is one of the teams where they could get involved in in a potential trade, which you know clearly that would make some sense, right? For for Portland if they're going the direction we think, which I. Apologies if I'm stepping on another topic. I don't think we had this one in there, but mm-hmm. Woj was on ESPN today saying Portland's not trading Damian Lillard. Like they've they've basically told teams, don't even ask. Like we're not interested and we're trying to go the other way with, with this. So again, I believe that number three pick is very much in play and probably going to be traded. Paul George for Paul George. Probably not would be my guess, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the Clippers aren't, you know, feeling like we're married to, you know, this PG Kawhi you know, combo anymore. They're probably looking at, we need to get a little bit more stability on this roster. If the Blazers could turn the third pick into Paul George, I think that would make some sense for them. Sure. Um, it just in terms of that's, that's a lot of firepower that you're adding uh, to Damian Lillard and, a, and, you know, proving to him that, Hey, we're, we're going to go all in and try to win. I don't know why the Clippers do it though. Like, Kawhi couldn't be sure. couldn't be thrilled yeah. with that, right? Hey, hey, Kawhi, we we took the guy that you came here to play with, and we traded him away. And here's Brandon Miller, right? Or here's Scoot. Here's here's a rookie. Um, that look, and I like both those guys, but I just can't imagine Kawhi would be super excited about something like that. Yeah, I no, definitely not. You're probably then saying Kawhi opts out and goes, yeah. Whoa somewhere else or whatever and mail. You know, Cause I mean, we know it was, Hey, let's both sign there. And then it was, let's both do contracts that match each other as we, you know, move forward. And Kawhi's right. Was a new one. And Paul George's was a, uh, 
extension and let's make sure they go you know out to the same amount of time so i'm not sure yeah he'd be super thrilled with that idea you know but maybe it turns into a three-teamer and you know something get gets happened we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Closing so... in on a trade. Kristaps Porzingis to Boston, Brogdon to LA, Marcus Morris and draft compensation to Washington. Okay. So it's it's closing in on a trade. It's still not done, but yeah, it's like the same report he had like two it's hours it. ago. Like, yeah, what's new there? Nothing. <laughs> it's, it's you know, yeah. There's nothing new in that. It's so, it's closer whatever. to getting done. Maybe oh, that means uh, Adam Himmelsbach, who covers the Celtics and gets a lot of scoops out of the Celtics, is it's nearing completion. So okay, all right, there we go. So they're they're crossing T's and dotting I's. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about a trade that actually did get done. The Nuggets and the Pacers uh, trade draft picks. And essentially, the the Nuggets are getting a couple of picks this year. Well, you've got the exact pick number. I don't have it in front of me. (laughs) I'm not going to go through the trade, but I'm going to tell you what picks each team will have because that's, I think, the relevant part here. So the Pacers, who had three first-rounders trading one of them, they're going to get a future first-rounder essentially for that, and then they're moving back. Um, a, a little bit. So the Pacers are going to have picks number seven, 26 and 40. And then the Nuggets will now have picks 29, 32, and then 37, which is that pick they're going to get from the Thunder from their previous trade uh, mm-hmm. that they're do, doing with Oklahoma City. So, so you know, Denver's going to kind of own that the, the bridge portion of the draft, right? Between the end of the first round and top of the second round. 
Pacers, um, there was a report Scott Agnes had this. Um, he, he runs the Fieldhouse Files co covering the Pacers. Does a great job covering the Pacers. By the way, probably give some of the best. Him and Caitlin Cooper. Uh, talk about independent coverage. Like, man, that's a home run having those mm -hmm. two. Be, be, maybe each do their own separate things. I think uh, Caitlin Cooper is, I apologize if I'm wrong, I think hers is called Basketball, she wrote, um, which is really kind of funny too. Um, but anyway, it's... Um, Scott had this quote from Kevin Pritchard, which was, we're not going to make all five picks, which some common sense in there, right? You can't, you can't roster five rookies, like, you, you know, three rookies from one draft class in the first round, all on rookie scale deals. That gets to be quite a bit. I mean, the Houston Rockets are running into an issue now where they have seven dudes from the last two drafts on their roster. They're going to add two more if they keep both of their first round picks. It's nine guys from three consecutive draft classes, mm -hmm. which is just kind of crazy. So makes sense why the Pacers would kind of say, hey, all right, we're going to kick the can down the road a little bit, right? Well, we'll get a, a future first and uh, you know balance out as these players come in and, and go. And, you know, Denver is, you know, basically – all right, we're gonna we're gonna be super duper expensive, so we're gonna lock in here at the back end of this with uh, some some guys. So the pick that goes to the Pacers, the first that goes to the Pacers, yes. it is the worst of the 2024 first from OKC, the Clippers, yep. Houston, or Utah. So whichever yep. pick is the worst out of all those, yeah. that's the one they get. I look at this trade though, and I think. Why did Indiana do this? Like, I get wanting to kick the can down the road, but this year's draft is known to be much, much better than next year's. And the pick that you got, if it's the worst out of those teams, you're, you're probably talking about a pick that's, I mean, I guess it could be in it's the teens, but be. probably is in the 20s. Is a pick in the 20s in a bad draft more valuable than a pick at the end of the first round in a good draft? That, I, that was strange to me, especially yeah, when you have to move back in the second round too on top of that. The move back in the second round on top of it, that feels like a little like, why did that have to happen? Yeah. The, the pick in the 20s, you know, maybe next year against the 29th pick this year, this year's draft is a better draft. I don't know that it's a better draft all the way through the first round. So I, I think I'd rather take my chance at a higher pick next year. Okay. It's not like that's going to be like an all-time week draft. And, and often the way I look at these things is we hear a lot of this stuff of – um it's a terrible draft class. And then some of it is just, we're talking ourselves into it, but it'll be, it'll sure. feel better by the time we get there. So it's not either way. I don't think they were going to get any kind of great player at 29. And, you know, so why not, you know, kick it one year down the line and say, Hey, maybe that picks turns into pick 17. If everybody is you know, really bad or something like that. Right. And this is more great work by the Nuggets in terms of adding cost-controlled contracts onto their books. Guys that, you know, assuming that they're going to lose Bruce Brown, who we're going to talk about in just a moment, um, this gives them more opportunities to add in kind of rotation players, potentially. Um, we talked about this with the last Nuggets trade that they, that they made, that, hey, you're getting, you know, multiple late picks in this draft, and if you can get one or two of them to turn into rotation players, that's a, yep. that's a big, big win. It just seems like the Pacers didn't, extract any value for the fact that you're getting a pick this year and moving up in the second round i was surprised that the pacers made this move for so little in terms of value in, in return it really just seems like they just kind of moved their picks down a year and went oh, okay no problem here you go denver and uh yeah I, I thought denver just killed this trade yeah i mean great trade for denver i mean calvin booth yeah. 
it's been a year, right, of him doing this job, and he's been really good at it. You know, got Bruce Brown assigned there. The Contavious Caldwell-Pope trade ended up being a huge win uh, for the Nuggets. And then, you know, he's done good work in the draft, you know, especially late in the draft. And that was kind of his thing before he took over the team. When he was under Tim Connolly, was like, all right, we're going to find guys in the draft. And, you know, they're, they're going to keep going. And this is <laughs> like the Celtics and Suns who are like, super tax be damned. Let's, you know, have – $500 million rosters. The Nuggets are saying, all right, we're expensive. Let's try to fill out with guys at the end of the draft and you know, balance that way. So, you know, yeah. I think, think you know, this is this is how you stretch it, right? We talked about how do you turn a, you know, one-year window into a five, six, seven-year window. This is part of how you do it is, you know, if, yep. if you nail it. Now, you got to nail the picks, obviously, but, you know, they're, they're in position. And that cost-controlled stuff there, even if you're using the new, you know, second-round you know, signing exception rules, that's even great for you too, right? Because now you've got mm-hmm. them for three, four years under under team control. So, yeah, they're they're looking good there in uh, in Denver for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think they added uh, quite a bit here. Um, all right, let's see. Let, let's get Bruce into Brown? it. Yeah, yeah, let's talk Bruce Brown. So Bruce Brown opts out of his contract. No Montrezl Harrell does it as well. Yeah, no surprise. He bet on himself. He had a two year deal that was roughly six million per year. It was six million yeah. and change each year. Uh, second year was a player option, of course, just to kind of give him that little extra security in case he suffers an injury or something like that happens. We knew when he signed that deal with Denver, there was a decent chance he would opt out of it. Now, after having the season that he did, winning the championship, he opts out. And Denver, because they've got such a a very, very heavy roster in terms of the salaries that are in there, and and that's part of why they're adding all these late picks to try to get cheap players that you can potentially put into the rotation, I think this is a sign that Bruce Brown is – as much as he would like to stay, he's probably on his way out of Denver. Yeah, there's the path to him staying is he resigns for about seven point eight million, which is uh-huh. about a million dollars over what his option amount was. Then next year, probably on another one plus one, and then next year Denver has his early bird rights and they resign him to a much bigger contract. That's what Bobby Portis did with the Bucks on what was assumed. Well, that's going to be a one-year stay in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But then won the championship, became a beloved guy in Milwaukee, and now he's you know stayed there long term. <clears throat> but Bruce Brown, I think, is also in a spot where Bobby Portis has made or had made considerably more money in his career than Bruce Brown, who was a guy up until now was on minimum contracts. Mm-hmm. So I think we're looking at this with Bruce Brown is you're coming into yeah some team starts waving around fifteen million dollars a year. All of a sudden, it's like, you know, Denver, I mean, we'll it's always have that title together, right? <laughs> right. Every night when I visit, um, you know, that'll be fun. And, you know, I'm taking my $15 because – and you can't blame the guy. And I don't think anybody in Denver would either. You know, and I know you'll have, obviously, the salty people who be like, you said – I'm not going to hold a dude when I think he was pretty deep into the bag, um, you know, uh, drunk at the parade saying, I want to stay here, you know, with those kind of things. So, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're we're going there. Uh, it sounds like the Clippers Number are 30. sending 30 to the Wizards. So, all right, Wizards feels a little better. Porzingis right? opt-in and trade, yep. Yeah, so, yeah. So, poor Porzingis, uh, you know, goes out for 30. Not not the end of the world, right? You, that, that's not bad or it's still not great but not bad and we'll keep obviously updating this as we get more detail uh, while we're on the uh on the show here so yeah so good uh montrez harrell just very quickly oh some people were 
<laughs> I just, like, like, I just, I I just passed that. over Trez. I don't, yeah, I don't care about <laughs> I'm sorry, like Trez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Montrezl Harrell, it just didn't work in Philly, right? So I think that's mostly why he's opting out is yeah. he'll get a little bit more money by signing a uh, a new kind of deal somewhere else um, uh, for, for the veteran minimum. I threw to you before the show. I was like, could the Suns make sense for him? Yeah. Hey, maybe they could, right? If they're they're in the market for a guy who can come in and play some minutes. But with Philly, it just never, you know, Joel Embiid, obviously, he's going to play 30, 35 minutes a night. And then they really liked Paul Reed getting the rest of those minutes. Um, it was obviously not working out so much so that they went to Dwayne Dedman at the after you know buyout season to you know, replace uh backup minutes. So not a real surprise Montres Harrell opted out. Yeah. Yeah, not a surprise there. And we'll see where he ultimately lands. I think you're right. I think Phoenix might not be a bad place for him. Sure. Um, anywhere where he, he'll he be looking for backup center minutes. Uh, if he can get those minutes somewhere, he can, I, I think, still prove some things in this league. But um, it's all going to depend on that landing spot. That's going to be so important for mm-hmm. him here. Uh, the Lakers in, in the rumors yeah. now for moving number 17. Um, this is like it's starting to get more national attention. This is nothing new for, for us, uh, for Lakers nation. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Um, but I, Jovan Buha of the athletic has been the one that's been saying, yeah, I, you know, seeming more and more likely they're going to move it. We don't know if that means move the pick or move back. Um, that's something that has been kind of in the wind for a while now is that they might move back, try to pick up a player, try to pick up more picks late mm-hmm. in this draft again, with it being a good draft class. Um, so I, we don't know what that that could look like, but and they make sense as a team that would be looking to potentially move their their pick if they can get uh, what we've heard, and this is what I said as well. Is I think you have to get a starter. You have to get a starting caliber player in order to move this pick, given who's projected to be there at at seventeen in this draft. And we'll see if if that uh, materializes or not. But they're definitely a team to watch, along with Portland, along with Dallas, who could potentially move a first round pick here. Yeah, I think for the Lakers, you're in a great spot here at 17 to do either things you mentioned, either trade Kyle completely and go get uh you'll go get somebody or you you trade back, right? And and yeah. go. And, and part of the reason why that works is because you're in a spot where it becomes a um trading back is a real thing, right? And you're not necessarily giving up too much to do so. So so I think you know that that's interesting. I was just looking at it, I was just pulling it up to see who they're mocked to take. Jed Howard in the latest ESPN. So, mm-hmm. all right, wing, you know, you know, fit presumably. But I'm with you on if I'm trading this, and trading back is a little different. Like if I'm trading oh, yeah. back into the early 20s, then you know I still want something else. Obviously, I'm sure. getting something else to do so. I might ideally want you know some player who could play rotation minutes. And I I like the way you know you phrase it of starting caliber because when you say starter that locks people into, all right, well, he's got to be one of the best five guys on the team. And that's right. not necessarily it, right? Like I think of like Rui Hachimura is a starting caliber guy. He may come off the bench for 60 games next sure. year. You know, like that's, and that's perfectly fine. There's a reason why when we do our tiers starters, we call out as starting cow, like perfect example. We spent a lot of time talking about at the top of the show. Malcolm Brogdon is a starting caliber guy who didn't start a single game last year. Right. You would always think of that mm-hmm. as, yeah, he's a starter. Right. So that's where, yeah, I think that's the important thing. It's, it's got to be, you know, starting caliber guy, high end rotation guy. If I'm trading 17 just straight out, I've got to get that back because otherwise it's, I'd rather have the upside swing on exactly. a draft pick. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's it. Is you know that the the players who could be there at 17 are potentially starting caliber players or guys who uh, especially on a rookie contract. And so that's got a lot of value, especially with the new CBA yeah. coming in. So, you know, you just you just have to have that asking price met if you're going to move on from the pick. Otherwise, just keep the pick and, and make your selection and go from there. Or, mm -hmm. uh, again, if you move back, maybe you do pick up some kind of, you know, like sure. we did, we saw years ago, the Lakers had like the 28th pick. They moved back a, a couple spots in the year they got Josh Hart. Um, and they moved back to 30. Utah moved up and they got like the 40 seventh pick or something they got the pick that became yeah, it was Bryant like that, that yeah. yeah so i mean something like that it doesn't it depends on how far you move that's going to mm -hmm. determine what else you could get um what i haven't heard a lot of is the lakers are going to use the pick to trade up haven't heard yeah. a lot of that and it, that I makes sense that either yeah, yeah i don't see a path really to doing that that would be that would make sense yeah they're not the other things to put into a trade just given the current flux of the roster Right. They have so few guys under actual contract right now. And you can't necessarily do things that are like sign and trade with a guy with a draft pick. That doesn't work exactly. because, well, you know, the draft being earlier than free agency. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's where that gets super messy. People love to create those mm -hmm. scenarios. And it's like, well, you don't ever see those for, for very good reason. All right. So we got Woj. more coming in here from Woj. Celtics right, so are working on a trade. Oh, this trade. is just Woj. Like, oh, Amir coffee in it yeah, and the 30th pick. Okay. Yep. So, all right. So they're they're slightly different, right? Uh, there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, you know, that, that's okay. <laughs> I like. There's some some of the people who are you know people who cover the Celtics are like, for the love of God, would you just tell me that this is done already? <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, I I do wonder now. I don't know that um Boston now moves Peyton Pritchard. I. I think maybe they, they keep him now because now you've got uh, rotation minutes opened mm. up in your backcourt. Could be. Uh, with, with him, you know, and I, I think they probably go with two bigs. I think you still start Al Horford, which that'll push uh, White. Or there's a lot of people who think it's time to move Marcus Smart back into a bench role again. So if, if that goes that way, but you still need somebody else just, you know, you know for depth reasons. So so we'll see. But, yeah, so, it sounds like my guess is this is going to get done here within – you know, probably probably before the end, the end of the night. So, but uh, Brian Tapor, our, our buddy, covers the 76ers, uh, says the Wizards are going to trade Bradley Beal and Chris Haps Porzingis in that one first round pick. Oh, That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Brutal, I mean, Washington. What are you doing? What are you doing? Accomplishing their goal of clearing money. I mean, I, I ran the numbers just with, you know, take before any of this Porzingis trade stuff yeah. came up, but you just take all the guys off the, 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 uh, the the um the the books that could be gone next year mm. have ninety to a hundred million dollars in cap space. Yeah, I guess what you have to do is if this is going to work for Washington, you have to be for a season or two at least. You have to be the dumping ground, yeah. and you have to get a ton of picks. Yeah. Oklahoma for that. City that's, stuff. that's yeah, yeah, that's how you have yeah. to get your the your future draft capital by yeah. that you didn't get in these trades is mm -hmm. by just being that team that's going to take on all the gross salaries and get picks for it and then move forward from there. That's, that's yeah, what they're we, going to have to do. What we can do once we have a better picture of where this is going with everything, which may come after the draft. Um, what we, what we can do is we can go through, start going through like, all right, these are guys, maybe the wizards could just eat 
from a team where a team's like, hey, we we got to get rid of this crappy deal. You know, okay, we'll we'll take it, right? Because that you're absolutely right. That's exactly what they should be doing. There yeah. is saying like, hey, yeah, we'll we'll go. You know, you know, send you know, what God, you're gonna be so mad. I'm gonna blow it. But the send us your tired, your hungry, your wretched, and your poor. I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> you're tired. <laughs> so, you're poor. You're huddled masses. Yes. Yearning yeah. to be free. Yeah. There it is. There, where there where is. is that, Keith? It's on the. Statue of Liberty? Yes. Yeah, yes, it is. So. yes, it you know, is. It's the funny. New, the, I've the new Colossus. The, I've seen the Statue of Liberty like a hundred times in, in various trips to New York. I've never or driving by in through New York. I've never mm -hmm. actually gone over to it. And oh. I've been there quite a bit, but never never actually gone out there. I, I don't know. I kind of was like, all right, I see it. Like <laughs> I I, that I need to go. I have not been to New York, so I haven't I haven't gone there either. But I, I taught a lesson all on the Statue of Liberty and everything sure. back in my in my teaching days and talked about how it was a throwback to the Colossus of Rhodes and from ancient times and what that looked like and how the Statue of Liberty compares and the meaning and, and all that kind of stuff. It's it's really fascinating. Was the Colossus of Rhodes the one where like like he like straddled the harbor? Yeah, it was but what we, they say it was they we don't say, know for right, sure but, yet. It would have yeah. been all but impossible for them to do that. So it most likely was just kind of to the side of the harbor. And uh, but, you know, it gets romanticized. Next thing you know, it's like this, you know, it's Galactus size and it's, you know, straddling either side of the harbor and, and all that. When I was a kid, I got super obsessed with the, the seven wonders of the world mm -hmm. for a little while. And I remember being like, I want to go visit all of them. And my dad, like then threw like cold water all over it, where he's like, one of them is left. Like none of them are like around anymore. Yeah. Like they're all like, you know, who in now there's like, if you read a lot of stuff, it's like, did they even exist? Or like, you know, it's a, so it sounds like some of those uh, ancient, uh, uh, you know, writers were making up some good stuff back in the day for you know, the rest of us to, to go with. But because right, there's no fact check. If right. you said, yeah, this exists over there, it's like, okay, I'm never going to go there. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If I, if I tweet out, like King Kong is is climbing the <laughs> yeah. is is climbing the Eiffel Tower right now. Like yeah. eventually, people in Paris would just take out their phones and go, "No, they're not." See, no, they're not. And, you lied. You know, and, yeah. yeah. Or, or more likely, somebody would put it together real quick using AI, like King Kong oh, climbing happen, the yeah. Eiffel Tower, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, Trevor's right. It is happening." <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'd probably be more happening. Oh no. Now. And that set off global panic because because nobody in in Paris would just bother to look out the window. They'd just stay on Twitter. Like, well, I guess we're all dead with the monsters. So, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like in the I think it's the fourth Die Hard movie. Yeah, I think it's the fourth one. Live free or die hard, where they blow up. I think it's they blow up the Capitol building. Yes, and Bruce yeah. Willis just runs around the corner and looks and sees that it's still there, and he's like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, it's like speed, we, we, we right? would not do that. We would just go, okay, all right. Well, I guess yeah, just on. you you yeah. could just walk over there and look ah, too far. <laughs> My faith in things have been restored, but a couple years ago when we we're at the height of the pandemic and it felt like everything was going sideways and it was like, we have murder hornets and, okay. uh, you know, in this you yeah. know, global pandemic and all this stuff, I would have been like, okay, the monsters are here too. I'm, I'm just going to believe it. I'm not going to bother to check. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, the rails at the end. Took a little bit, but we got there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We made it. We made it somehow, some way. Unfortunately, um, we didn't stretch enough to this trade getting done. So. I know. I was hoping. I'm like going, well, maybe, but but we do still have one more thing. Oh, sorry. Let, let me just related to to the to the uh, thing is um, 
Uh, Adam Himmelsbach, again, from the Boston Globe, says, according to multiple league sources, the completion of the Porzingis deal would likely mean that Grant Williams' time in Boston has come to an end. Ooh, I wonder if to do right salary. by Grant Williams, if there's either a – if they just don't even do the qualifying offer and just let him be, a, be an unrestricted free agent, no. that's the possibility. Or does that mean, hey, we're going to try to work a sign and trade to fill in mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is we feel like we need now? Uh, moving Interesting. Forward. Yeah. Interesting. All right. We have something yeah. else. Sorry. Yeah, we do. We do have this. The cap rises. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of only the fundamental thing of this entire show. <laughs> <laughs> the yes. salary cap went, went up by two to three million bucks, depending on whether you're looking at the, the apron or if you're looking at just total cap space or whatever. But yep. yeah, the, the salary cap uh, went up. So I guess functionally, the, the NBA made more money. That's the bottom line. And that's yep. than they were necessarily expecting to. And that's why. The cap rises because it's tied to that. So the salary cap goes up and that it's not a ton. It's not like teams are suddenly, it's not like the Warriors are suddenly signing Kevin Durant or whatever, but um, the cap is going to go up a little bit. And that means there's going to be some added flexibility for, for teams by a couple million bucks. Yeah. Where the, the cap part of this is, it's nice, right? It's a you know, couple extra million in cap space mm-hmm. on a handful of those teams that have cap space. Right now, I project there to be seven. Um, later tonight, when I have a chance to actually sit down and run through all this, I will release updated cap space projections, and I'll just do that through a tweet uh, pre-draft. But the other piece of this w- with this is it's the tax going up. Um, and the tax went up about $3 million or so, both on the tax, the apron, mm-hmm. and then the subsequent super tax, second apron. So that's great news for those teams, especially those ones that are, like, right up against it, right? And it's just, you know, man, we could use just that little bit more wiggle room kind of thing. And that that's yeah. huge, you know, in those situations. So I think that's, um, you know, that's really important, you know, that, that now we've got that. And beyond that, further proof, the league is in great shape, right? And this is... I mean, the cap's going up this year more than was thought. We're already here. Next year probably goes up more than we thought. And then it's the year after that all the new media rights money will kick in. And it sounds like, you know, those are going to just, I mean, they're going to influence a ton of money into the system. And why I say into the system is, remember, we have cap smoothing now. The cap can't go Mm -hmm. up more than 10%. Right. Um, They did put that kind of block on there um, with that. But that, let's say it should go, and I'm making this up completely, but let's say it should go up 20%. What happens is those extra percentage points spill into the next year, in the next year, and the next year until you get caught up again. So, you know, so we're 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 there. So at some point we'll have a artificial raise on a year that probably shouldn't have gone up quite as much. Um, right. because that'll be how this rebalances out. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the way that'll have to eventually they'll eventually get it caught up, and that's the way that'll go. Um, but anyway, I mean, good news, right, for the league, that the league is strong, things are going well for the NBA, and uh, yeah, we keep on rolling. You know, Keith, one of the things that I think we didn't talk about with the three-team trade, uh-huh. the Clippers take on $22.5 million in 2024-2025, yeah. which, I mean, just, I think they, they just continue to raise that middle finger at the tax, the second tier, the second tier apron, the super tax or whatever we want yep. to call it. Um, because looking at the contracts they've got on the books and we don't know for sure what's going to happen with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Sure. Maybe they, maybe they opt out, but they have player options for that year. If they opt in, like they're, they're going to be over it with like six or seven players on, on the books yep. right now. Yeah. And in reality on this too, 
So I'm going to throw the Celtics into this grouping now here as well, because you're not getting Porzingis for one year, right? Your idea here is let's get him for multiple seasons is would, would be my thought on this. And so now you're in a spot where you've got the Celtics and Suns in the last you know week. And now, you know, the Clippers even more so basically saying, all right, cool with your super tax, but we're, we're going to blow right through it and, and go. And I think what you're going to see is teams are, if you're close, which all of those teams I think should reasonably view sure. themselves as close, go ahead. Right. Cause, cause if you really want to win, you're going to have to do stuff. And for Boston, the sense has been, they were going to do something right. It didn't yeah. need to be break up Tatum and Brown and all the other stuff. It's up there, but they were going to do something. They couldn't just run it back uh, again with you know, essentially the same grouping. So, so yeah, so they're, they're, they're doing their something. The Clippers are going and filling a spot. That's it's been a problem basically through this current iteration of this team. That point guard spot has been a weird, weird thing for them. Um, now they're going to have you know, a pretty good one. And I'll, I'm, I'm just going to assume they keep Ross too and you know, now you're covered you know, with point guard play and you know and we'll, we'll, we'll see you know it's kind of you know these teams are instead of it being we've talked a lot about how this was supposed to be the grace period year mm-hmm. of you know all right well let's try to you know rebalance the books and do all this teams, stuff. teams are these using teams it are, to go over now yeah <laughs> these teams are like cool thanks for giving us the grace period year watch us blow right through you know all these things that we really weren't supposed to do and why it's all happening right now all this stuff needs to happen by the end of the month because yeah. on July 1st, the trade matching rules and all that stuff gets far more restrictive. And then it gets even more restrictive a year from now. But they're, they're doing all this stuff now because it's let, let's blow through. So, man, I, I, I just I think we're going to be in for a bonkers day tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Bonkers, you know, two weeks of you know stuff. I mean, I, I think we are going to find ourselves in a couple weeks at Summer League. And we're all going to be looking at each other like, what, what what just happened? happened? <laughs> yeah, like you know what, what is going on? You know with, with the league, like this is you know just absolute madness. You know with this stuff. But I had tweeted about it before. You know I've had multiple people say this felt like the big reset. Some are coming, and here we are. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like that's the way way it's going to go. And um, again, I, I think we it comes back to this is not what the league wanted to happen here. So we'll find out. You know, is the was the league's effort in the CBA a failure or a success? And it's going to de- yeah. be determined by what these teams do. Do we see these teams win a championship? Or are these teams so hampered by their inability to fill out the depth of a roster that it prevents them from winning? And then the NBA said, okay, mission accomplished. Teams aren't going to continue to try to push this this yeah. direction. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how this, this all goes. But you're right. It does get way more restrictive next year. And so teams are trying to get in the moves right now while they can before that that hits them uh, next season, and then the then the real pain starts. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, man, it, it's it's yeah, this is just going to be really crazy to to watch how all this comes comes together here over over the next you know couple of weeks, and really the reality is over the next couple of years, I I think yeah, you know, we're we're going to actually see the effect because like for the Celtics, none of the big stuff. He's going to really hit them until Brown's on his new contract. And then right. it's not really, really going to hit him until Tatum's new contract kicks in, assuming, you know, Brown signs and all the things that go along with that. So we're, we're in a spot. Can I gripe about one thing very quickly? Sure. This is nothing to do with – well, it's got something to do. So, right, you know the noise, the Twitter noise, right, on your oh, phone, yeah. tweet. That should be Twitter's noise only. 
Like I, it drives me mad on my iPhone that you can't change those. Oh and I'm yeah. Sure somebody's gonna be like, "Well, you could jailbreak it and do all these other things." I'm not gonna yeah. do that. Not that tech savvy. I have a app for like our daughter's soccer club uses the same thing, and Dunkin' Donuts uses the same thing too. And I realize I should probably just shut off, but I want to know when I can get like free coffees and stuff. So <laughs> I'm gonna shut that off. But man, it just drives me crazy because I hear it go off and then I look and I'm like, "No, oh, that's not." nothing it wasn't a tweet especially at this time of year it just makes me mad i'll i'll jump in there because you mentioned it um it's not that i never have my sound on anyway so my notifications yeah. are all just right like it's the the buzz yep. whatever but uh but you mentioned dunkin donuts how do you have donuts in your name and have such terrible donuts whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, they, like they're I mean, not, yeah. They're, they're not good. You they're go, to the, go to the local donut shop and they're way better. Like yeah. way better than, than Dunkin' Donuts. Here's my I'm, issue with the local crazy. donut places, though. I'm not a copy. At least guy. down here, our local donut places, like all the donuts are like the size of my head. And I'm like, I don't need hmm. like these giant donuts. Because if I'm gonna eat donuts, I might eat enough donuts if you put them together the size of my head, but I need like three different kinds. Like I'm not uh, diving into you know just one kind of donut. So yeah, I mean Dunkin' Donuts Boston Cream is fine. I have no issue with that. They're glazed is fine. But yeah, it's more for me. It's about the coffee than anything else. But I'm, you know, I'm a New England kid. There's literally, I don't know if it's still there, but when I was living in Boston, like in yeah. town going to school, there's literally a street corner that had a Dunkin' Donuts on each corner um, in, in, in the middle of the city. And all four were busy. And it was so people didn't have to try to cross this busy road to get to one. And all four did enough business to stay open, which is, that just, we're sickos and weirdos that it, love Dunkin' Donuts so much. It's the, it's the, it must be the coffee because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know people who are in love with their, if, if I'm going donuts, give me Krispy Kreme every time. Like okay. that's where I'm going for donuts. I'll, I'll go to Krispy Kreme. And there's a couple specialty places that are just like down here that have uh, good donuts here in Orlando too. But like you said, I mean, those are more like, that's more like, all right, I'm going to eat 
you know, this is my full breakfast is this one giant donut kind of thing. We'll go get a couple and then we cut them up and split them up. Oh, yeah. Stuff. That's a good way to do it. As a family, that's, you can get you know, the glaze, get the sprinkle, yeah, exactly. get the chocolate, get, yeah. you know, all those, those ones. Yeah. And these yeah, ones so. are like crazy where it's like, you know, maple bacon, you know, and all this other stuff. Right. So, all right, we just got another tweet. Came Mark Stein expected to lead to a July contract extension for Porzingis beyond next season's 36 million player option. Okay. Today was the deadline. Yeah. So yep. Everybody's just kind of like inching this a lot, like just slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Each, each report is plugging in a little bit more. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So. We're taking yep. baby steps to get this done. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're going to. But this is going to get done probably, probably a little bit later tonight. Probably whatever the least optimal time for this to get yeah. done is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Keith, we did right. everything we could. We talked about donuts. We, we did. We did everything possible to yeah, try to have this trade. This trade break. Yeah. Well, <laughs> while we were recording, did not happen. But we know the parameters. We know it's it's probably going to get done. So yeah, I, I won't well change enough. enough to, we'll probably retouch on it again tomorrow. Uh, as of right now, hopefully I'm not overstepping there will not be a regular show tomorrow um, because we're going to be live for the draft um obviously if some massive thing happens either we'll go live earlier than we thought for the draft and we'll break Mm -hmm. it down then um or we'll break it down during the you know while they're playing highlights of victor Wembanyama. um you know we'll, we'll we'll get into it at that point but live for the draft tomorrow night uh you know the two of us will be joined by sean davis so uh we're super excited to to, to do that we're going to be live for the bulk of the first round if not yep. the entire thing maybe into the second round we'll kind of see how the night night goes and then tomorrow or not tomorrow but the day after maybe sort of we'll see front office right probably a lot of that will feel how, how are we feeling after the night before and, you know, kick, right. you know, or do we, do we still have voices and those sorts of things there? But yeah, a lot of fun stuff coming for you guys. And then it, it's still a couple of weeks out and we'll let you guys know the details, but we'll be live in studio together That's in Las right. Vegas recording right. shows. And since a couple people asked in the comments on one of our previous videos, yes, live shows in the evening time, on the free agency night. So the, the 30th, we'll go live. It'll be a little, little bit later in the evening. You'll probably, or at least I'd say it would be 10 Eastern, probably mm-hmm. a little bit later in the night as, as things things go. And uh, and we'll, you know, when it when the newsbreakers stop pumping stuff out every five to 15 minutes, then we know, all right, they're probably going to bed and then we'll call it a night. But, but we, we we'll still, we need, we need, we need, we need Woj, Shams, when they go to bed, just tweet goodnight. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Good night. So There's I know, no okay, I can sleep now. Yeah. Right. I like, think the league would appreciate it too if they're yes. like, hey, we're going to bed, guys. Let's we'll, we'll see you tomorrow at 7 a.m. Yeah. Let, let's go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'd all love it. I'd also love too if we could build in like going to get lunch right now, right? Like, <laughs> right. Okay, go get food. Next, but you know, half but they hour, wouldn't but... they wouldn't stick with it though. That no, that would be the problem. problem. Is is yeah. it would be like like if Woj and Shams were in the same room, right? Yeah. They're they're sharing they've got They've got a room with a couple of twin beds in it or whatever. Like they're both sitting there just staring at each other. And Shams is going, no, you go ahead. You go to sleep. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll right? definitely go to sleep. You know, and we'll just say the same thing. Of the office with yeah. uh, Dwight, Michael and Andy. And then, then, then the camera pans around and Pam's standing there. And they're all, uh, <laughs> that is one of my favorite episodes, by the way, the office. So that's a, that is a good episode. one. That is Murder a good one. in Savannah. So yeah, I'm not going impression. down for this. I'm not, yeah, right. Yeah, and then Jim's like, "Really, Pam? Really? Like, yeah, great stuff." But Somebody all right, we, we we're we're off the rails. Off the we're rails. Off the rails. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow night for the live draft show. All right, everybody. 
See ya. Stay safe.